Welcome to the Port City Community Church Podcast. Today we have a special episode to talk about an exciting project that our Port City Kids team has been working on called the Walking Together Collection. This collection of children's books focuses on common yet difficult topics that kids face. Each book is designed to give parents language to navigate delicate conversations and to share truths about God that their family can cling to. The Walking Together Collection was born out of a felt need to equip parents to help them feel confident to lead their kids spiritually. We've loved hearing about how this collection has already been impactful to families. Today, we thought it would be a great opportunity for you to hear about how these books visually have come to life. So today, we sat down with author Katie Robinson and illustrator Samantha Slazak to talk about art, giftings, and the creative process. Katie and Samantha are two different generations of women who have been shaped by our church. And today we get to hear how they are using their giftings to encourage others in their walk with God. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Katie Robinson, and I am part of the team with Port City Kids that's been able to create this collection of books that we're calling the Walking Together Collection that really helps kids and families process through hard topics. Um, But today I'm excited because I am with Samantha Slazak, who's the illustrator for these books. And we're really going to talk about the creative side and how Samantha has really brought to life the characters in the book and has really helped to paint the picture of these stories. And so I'm really excited for that. So Samantha, can you tell us a little little bit about what you do and how did you get connected to Port City? Yeah. Well, I actually am a, I feel like I've transitioned this past year a little bit into mm-hmm. being a full-time-ish nanny yeah. and a little bit more part-time um, illustrator and photographer. Yeah. And so that's really what I do for work. But I got connected to Port City when I was around 16 years old, just before I turned 16. Mm. And I came to a Easter service one year Mm. and I grew up in a Methodist church. And so coming to Port City was very different for me, Um, but I really enjoyed it. I loved the teaching. I loved Mike's style of teaching and the worship. And so I told my parents when I turn 16 and get my license, I'm going to start coming to Port City. And so I did. And that's really how I got connected to Port City was by coming on a Easter service, but it wasn't until I joined the college ministry overflow that I really started to get connected to Port City. Yeah. To get like plugged in, you mean? That's cool. So how long ago was that? How long have you been coming then? Ooh, uh, math. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, so like eight years. Okay. Yep. That's really cool. I I love that you kind of, you've been around for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I think that, um, Something I love is that we can see your fingerprint in a lot of things, Mm -hmm. which we'll kind of get into. So you got plugged in when you really were in overflow in college. Mm -hmm. And so what did that look like? How did you get plugged in? Yeah. So I started coming to overflow when I was a freshman. I heard about it while I was coming in high school. And I was so excited that if I was to stay in (laughs) Wilmington for college, that I would be able to come to overflow. So I started coming to that. And then we actually had Hurricane Florence hit us. And I was just about to join host team. I was just about to join a community group and everything kind of got stirred up. But then they had done something where they reached out to all of the students who they knew lived in Wilmington or right outside Mm -hmm. of Wilmington. And so we would still have some gatherings and some get togethers with my community group or people who still wanted to stay involved while everyone else was still out of town. Yeah. Um, But I really joined host team later that year and got plugged in. And then a little bit halfway through being on host team, I started making these fun, random graphics (laughs) to put on my Instagram story as like a story to share. And it kind of caught some attention from a couple of the interns who I had become friends with. And they were like, you should really apply for this internship. 
And it was really cool because from my perspective, I was like, I'm a freshman. Like, I don't need to be applying to internships anytime (laughs) soon. I don't need to worry about this. But it was something that kind of just fell into place really perfectly. And so I started interning my second year of college, which is kind of crazy at Overflow. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I love that because I think you said two things. Like one, um, you were coming, but you had heard about something cool. And I think you got plugged in once you really... Um, leaned in to join. Um, I think probably a lot of people can relate to that feeling of being like, man, I want to be known here. And I think that happened when you really leaned in. And I think the other thing that's cool you said is that you you thought like, I shouldn't be someone that's doing this. But then Mm -hmm. when you offered that, I think there's a lot of really cool things that came from your internship and that you were able to do for our church that's been really valuable. So can you kind of tell us about once you became an intern, you said, you were doing some graphics, but what did that process look like of you being an intern? Yeah, it's kind of funny because when they brought me on to intern, they brought me on as a media intern. Mm-hmm. And I think we had met as a team for like a kickoff lunch. And we all talked about our role and what our role would be on the team. And mine was obviously social media and to kind of help Zach run that account creatively, but also on Tuesday nights and at whatever events we were having. And it was funny because very quickly we realized that that was not my sweet spot. And I just did not thrive behind. Um, It wasn't where your passion was. No, it is not where my passion was at all, which I didn't know that. Like I Mm -hmm. totally thought I was going to be someone who would love that sort of work. And when I was interviewing for the position, I was like, yeah, this is great. And we all kind of thought that would be a great fit for me. Yeah. But then we had done a, I think it was gazebo game day. Uh And I don't even go, I didn't go to UNCW. So I was like, just thriving, grabbing people who yeah. I didn't know. And I was like, I'm not going to be embarrassed because I don't go to school here. So <laughs> I can grab all these people and get them um, to come play games and to come have pizza and learn about overflow. And so we basically realized then that that was not my sweet spot. And so the rest of that whole year, I feel like honestly was trying to figure out how to balance media and design and content creation and art while also balancing like the desire for connection and wanting to be around, you know, the host team and, um, all of the volunteers at overflow. Yeah. So it was really interesting, but the host team interns like kind of brought me in under their wing and like, let me lead a couple devos and be at the new to overflow tent a lot. But then I was also trying to balance, you know, putting things on the Instagram story and making sure that clay had, you know, graphics that supported his message well and everything. So yeah. It was a really interesting balance. Yeah, it's cool because I bet there's a lot of people who probably um, in some ways feel that tension of, okay, if I like this, that means I must fit in this box. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that people that like these things must do. And I think you liked the graphic design mm-hmm. part of it and the creativity side of that, but you also really liked the relational side and being with people. And so I could imagine that there's a decent amount of people who feel that tension of, I don't feel like I fully fit in this or fully fit in this. So what does that look like? Which I think is really neat to try to do that. So you said you were creating some graphic stuff. Um, what are some things that you've created over time that that people might have experienced? Mm-hmm. I think it's really funny because over the past couple of years, there have been a bunch of random projects that pop up. And people are almost like, oh, who could do this? And then someone says, well, maybe Sam will want to do it. Or maybe <laughs> That's Samantha exactly will how I do got it. connected with you. Yes. <laughs> and so it's really funny. Um, but I started off basically during my second year interning, I started doing a lot of slides and graphics for Clay's messages mm-hmm. and for, you know, nights of communion, Friendsgiving, those sort of things around overflow specifically. 
which I loved creating that sort of content Um, and just creating, you know, graphics that were really infused with a lot of art and artistic elements more than I feel like they had been in the past or like that churches typically do. So that was a lot of fun. And then that kind of caught the eye of the creative team and I helped do an Easter series branding and that was a lot of fun. And then someone thought, well, why don't we paint this on the glass windows in the (laughs) atrium? And so I ended up doing that and then yeah, I kind of just have done a bunch of random projects around the church yeah. from graphics to windows to whatever people yeah. really need. Well, I love it because I think that there's so much that happens in our church that it's mm-hmm. easy sometimes to assume that, oh, there's enough people that just do these things. But mm-hmm. I feel like this was something that you were passionate about and you just offered it. And it's cool because a lot of people have probably been influenced by a lot of things that you've designed and they don't even know that. And so it just goes to show how there's all these parts of, of the church and of body of Christ that are working together that really can collectively Mm -hmm. make a big difference. So it's funny. Also, as you were talking, I was thinking in that time, probably that you were doing a lot of things that people are like, maybe Samantha can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a conversation with someone about these books and this idea that I had, and they were like, oh, Samantha might be interested. Mm -hmm. And so I I remember reaching out to you and being like, this is a very random idea, but I've heard your name. Like, Mm -hmm. and it was a very similar thing. I think you just said, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that, but I'm willing to try. And I think that is a really, um, that's what we're called to do. And so I love that. So kind of switching gears a little bit, but you were doing graphic stuff, but you didn't start doing art necessarily when you were in college. So what does that look like? How did you get into art growing up and what did that look like? Mm -hmm. So I actually grew up in a pretty creative family. And I think it's really funny because I think if you were to look at, we just, one of my brothers just got married and we took a family portrait. And if you were to look (laughs) at that picture, you would not think that any of us were really artistic, except for my one brother who's covered (laughs) in tattoos head to toe, who is hands down the most creative out of all of us. But we're really filled with a lot of creative thinkers and a lot of problem solvers and ideas. Like we always have really fun ideas for like family businesses we should star or movies we (laughs) should film or whatever. But from a young age, my parents really encouraged us to really pursue whatever we wanted to. Mm. And so we just naturally all gravitated towards being creative in whatever we did. Not that we were all necessarily artistic, but we all were very creative. And so my mom is the one who's very artistic. Like she loves to doodle and draw. She just recently got into painting and she's a brilliant painter And then my dad is more of the creative thinker and the idea maker and problem solver, (laughs) which is really cool. And then I have my oldest brother was a tattoo artist for a while. And then one of my brothers is also like my dad, very much a creative thinker. And he actually, you wouldn't think this is creative, but he hunts a lot. And the way that he goes about like painting his boats and making duck blinds and everything is uh-huh. so creative and That's so, so cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. And so the way that he does that is just very creative. And then I have another brother who he's an engineer and he picks up any instrument and figures out a song in two minutes. It's insane. <laughs> um, and then I definitely went the more traditional route and just naturally gravitated towards like classical painting and illustrating yeah. and design and that sort of stuff. That's cool. When we were talking about it, um, you and you kind of touched on it, like you were talking about a family business ideas, but mm-hmm. you were talking about 
you know, your dad finding these Christmas trees and being mm-hmm. like, oh, I can, we can build a, like a forest in our backyard yeah. with these. <laughs> like, I love it because as an adult, I think our creativity sometimes gets squashed a little bit with mm-hmm. like the practical reality things that need to happen. But God's the creator. And mm-hmm. so we bear his image. And so we all have creativity inside of us. And I think that when you were talking about it with me before, I just remember being like, man, I love that your family like leaned into that. Mm-hmm. And in different ways, like, like you said, they're not all just artists who have a paintbrush and and that's the only thing that art is but there's all these different creative things that y'all did as a family and not just the kids do this mm-hmm. and the adults do the practical things so I, I love that idea so how did you go from like this is a fun thing and fun ideas to like actually I can do something with this mm-hmm. so like I said I grew up doing a lot of art and being artistic and you know my parents they let me paint on my walls and just be creative with whatever I wanted to do and I really enjoyed art and I thought it was so fun and I loved being the person in like a group project that was always pulling the images or making the slideshow or doodling or drawing on the poster board. Like I really thrived being that person. But when I got to high school, I was really excited to start going to all of these more like mature art classes and kind of like refine my um, craft a little bit more. So when I started taking an art class in high school, I realized that everything was a lot more philosophical and it wasn't just fun Mm. and easy like it had been before. It all felt really over my head. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to take a step back from this maybe because I just don't understand a lot of the conversations that people are having around art and creativity other than it just being fun. Like everything was really deep and I think I was okay with it being surface level. Yeah. And Which is understandable in high school. Yeah, in high school, yeah. And so I basically just took a step back from art and I decided to do a lot of drafting and architecture and electrical classes, which is so- Which also sounds in depth. Yes, (laughs) so random, but just a lot more like fact and- Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. This is the truth. This is what you do. This is math. You do it and not as much like, well, what does this piece mean? And why do you think they use this color? And less open for critique that I think I liked. I'd rather just stick with the fact than- be open for critique. And so I decided to take a step back from that. But then when I was deciding where I wanted to go to for college, I didn't really know. (laughs) And so I decided to go to Cape Fear and take a couple art classes and maybe try jumping into that a little bit more and give it another shot. And when I did, I realized that I loved it so much more than I thought I would. And I really did enjoy the depth that there was in art and creativity. Because I would say that art and creativity was infused so much in my walk with the Lord. Mm. And so I was always just like journaling and reading scripture and then painting alongside of that or making designs alongside of that. And so I think in high school, it was a little bit more tricky because I was with so many people who didn't agree with that. Uh And when it came to that tension, I just didn't want to have the conversation. I just wanted to create my art and I wanted them to create their art and us just live our separate lives and like be okay with that. I was okay with that at the time. Uh-huh. Um, so that was difficult. But then when I got to college, I think I was a lot more grounded in my faith. And so I was able to, you know, create art that was a little bit different than other people, but also stand firm in what I believed and yeah. also had a lot more of an openness and willingness to hear other people's opinions on my work. That is so personal to me right. just as much as their work was personal to them. So yeah, I would say like in college is really when I like halfway through college that I was like, I can... I think see myself doing this more full time, even though I'm not full time right now, but a little (laughs) bit more part time 
and actually get to do this for work. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it goes back to like God's timing and things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have a plan and we, it makes sense to us, but like God's orchestrating something else. And sometimes his timing, well, always his timing is so much better than our timing is, but sometimes we don't see that in the moment. Um, so here we are, you're, you are doing art, you're officially an illustrator. So talk me through like, what does the process look like um, when you're developing these characters specifically for the books that we have done and just released? What does it look like as you're creating those characters? So actually, we didn't talk about this before, okay. but in my internship that I did throughout the church here, we did a bunch of personality and character assessments and spiritual gifts assessments and everything. And so the two that I always come back to when I'm like, why did I think that? Or why did I do that a certain way? Are always input and connectedness. Mm -hmm. And so I think naturally I just see a lot of things going on around me or a lot of people going on around me. And I'm subconsciously like taking in so much information on their character and who they are and the hairstyles that they have or, you know, the clothes that they're wearing. And so, like I said earlier, I'm a nanny. And so I go to the park a lot. I go to art museums a lot, the children's museum. (laughs) And so I just am naturally am surrounded by so many different children. And it's really fun because I feel like a lot of the times I'm sitting at the park, like watching my girls that I nanny play and I'm watching them play with these other kids and I'm just naturally taking in the information of like, oh, what are they wearing? What does their hair look like? And kind of like You're observing. The yeah, I'm just observing yeah. the details. Um, what's trendy right now? Like right. what are kids actually wearing? <laughs> um, what are parents wearing? Like yeah. what do they look like? And so it's really fun because a lot of the times you'll send me over like a character list and you'll write up a, like what is the family dynamic? What are the mm-hmm. attitudes that the kids typically have or – like what's their tone throughout the book and what things do they struggle with and all of these things. And then just naturally it's like, I feel like I don't really go online and like brainstorm what these characters look like. I kind of just pick up my pencil and I'm like, all right, well I'll draw an outline and then whatever color I go to. What I remember that I saw today. yeah, Yeah. Everything is just naturally infused by what's going on around me. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I would say that's a similar process to like the characters. Like I feel like the characters that I've written for in the books, all of them have little pieces of like kids I've known or stories I've heard or interactions I've witnessed. Um, So it's kind of cool. It it is just another picture of like everything is happening around us and God is using all of that um, to orchestrate something really cool. Would you say you've had a favorite character that you've created? Yeah, I think from both books, actually, mm-hmm. I have a character that I resonate really well with. I would say in the first book, actually, Levi is one of my more favorites. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the main character. I, yeah, the, the first main book, character, yeah. the, the, the firstborn of all the books. And <laughs> I just naturally resonated really well with him during that time. And when did we start this process? Like two yeah, a while ago, years yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. And so you actually came to me during my internship. I was still interning yeah. at the church at the time, I think. And I had started drawing out all of these characters and then we just put a pause on the project. Yeah. And I was like, no, this is my dream. Like I want to be a children's book illustrator. This almost like this needs to happen or else I'm not going to be satisfied. Yeah. So when I was illustrating Levi, it was really funny because I could tell that this was going to be a really long process Mm -hmm. and I just wanted it to happen right away. But I had to learn how to trust God. Which is similar to Leah in the story. 
Levi wants things to go a certain way uh-huh. and he has to trust God and trust mm-hmm. God's plan, even if it's different than his yeah. plan. Yeah. So that was really interesting to, it was like I was illustrating him and then the project paused and I was like, why is this happening? And then I was reminded of the book and reminded of his character. And I was like, duh, like I, it's almost <laughs> like this had to happen in order for it, for like me to feel so connected to yeah. the illustrations and the work, which was really interesting. And I think in the same way, actually for the unexpected summer, I think you had sent the book to me. It was Mm -hmm. either like the week before or the week after I had actually lost my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And so I remember opening it up and being like, dang it, I (laughs) do not want to have to deal with this right now. But like also so excited because illustration is something that I love. And so it was really interesting to, you know, walk hand in hand with like my grief and the grief that all of these characters are going through. Yeah. And it was really sweet because I feel like I connected a lot to the character of Rhea Mm -hmm. and it was funny. I was actually reading back last night and just flipping through. I was like, I definitely connected to her the most, but like, I just want to go back and like read some of the things she wrote. Yeah. And one of the parts that I loved the most was like that Rhea and Aaliyah were actually sitting in silence on the swings for a while. And I was like, yep. That is exactly what it's like sometimes. I'm like, I just want to sit there and be quiet, but like, I need someone around me. Like, I don't want to be alone, Yeah. but I want someone there. And then there was another part when, you know, Rhea and Mikey and their mom were on a walk and Rhea keeps asking all these questions of like, why, but why? And then she kicks a rock and then she huffs her breath (laughs) and she's just so confused Uh and mad. And then at the end of it, she's like, all right, whatever, I'm going to go make crafts with Gigi, (laughs) like, just get me out of this. And I was like, yep, that's also what it's like. A lot of the times is I'm just like, you know, like I have all these questions and I'm curious and I'm curious. And then I need to break from this and I need to run and I need to go do crafts and I need to do something fun and joyful with my grandma. Yeah. (laughs) So go do that. But then coming back to those questions again, just in a timely manner, like when it's right. And so I think I relate really well with Yeah. That's cool. I feel like as um, I have written these books over time, I think actually um, whenever we had done a podcast on this before, one of the questions was, do you know, these are hard topics. Like, do they feel heavy? And I feel like there have been so many little God winks of um, moments that I have seen him use just he uses everything. And I think sometimes we don't see that and we're not paying attention and we miss that. And so even like sending you that second book and being like, here are the characters mm-hmm. and having no idea, um, you know, that your grandpa was going to mm-hmm. pass away and how much that was going to relate to you as you were processing this. Um, I just think I have seen God show up in all these really cool little moments. And then I think, man, he's doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, are we paying attention to that? Which I think is, is just something to remind ourselves to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking if there are some people who are listening to this that are in in the art world that maybe love art but aren't sure what to do with that or what that could mean, what would you say like a suggestion for someone who's like, man, I do like art, but I'm not sure if I could do something with this. What would your suggestion be? I think these are always funny questions to answer, not to ask, but to answer because mm-hmm. when you go to answer it, it makes you sound like you know so much more oh, than yeah. you actually do. And <laughs> like, oh, I know so much about art and I'm a scholar and I'm a fine artist, but really I'm learning so much as yeah. well. But I would say, I think a lot of the times we hear the saying, like take one step in the right direction, like just take one step, just take mm-hmm. one step and you can do it. And 
I agree with it, but I just think it is so difficult when it comes to art to like only take one step. Mm. And so I would almost suggest taking multiple steps, if that makes sense, because I think when we take one step forward into something, or at least in art, when you just take one step, like the odds are you might not be very successful in the beginning if you don't have an art background, or maybe you're not the most creative person. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you are like, okay, I'm going to try and like paint something brilliant my first try, and you take one step and you paint and you fail or you feel like you fail and you feel like it's not perfect, then you can take a step back, look at it and decide, oh, well, I'm just going to quit because I only took one step. I didn't get that deep. Like it's not necessary for me to keep trying. Yeah, I can step out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I dipped my toe in. It didn't work, so I'm going to go. Yeah, But like you didn't know that, or like what if you were successful, you just needed to step a little bit further out and you just needed to try a little bit more in like maybe a different way. And I feel like art's a lot of problem solving and figuring out your groove. And so you can't figure that out in just one step. So yeah, yeah, really give it, give it a shot, try committing. Um, And by committing, I don't mean like go out and buy the most expensive art supplies (laughs) or like hold yourself down to painting every day or drawing every day or what. But like when I think about commitment, when it comes to the art realm or the creative realm, like sit down when you're creating and think, okay, Lord, like give me the eyes of the creator. Like show me the way that you are creative. Like give me eyes to see things as beautiful and help me create something beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think naturally like you will start to notice that happening more as you're truly committed and invested into the art. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And then I think the other thing I would say is maybe like move towards the medium, like the art medium that feels the most uncomfortable to you. Mm. So like if you, I think a lot of times we're intimidated by other artists and other artists works, but maybe you didn't know that like they had been creating art for 10 years and that's why they're at the place that they're at. Yeah. And so it could feel a little bit uncomfortable to maybe try a new art medium or to pick up charcoals and you don't know how they were going to work and you don't know the way that watercolor is going to bleed across a paper. Mm. But I think there's something really fun when you step into the uncomfortable yeah. places of art or the uncomfortable mediums because you're learning. And I think learning is the most fun thing to do when it comes to art. But right. yeah. Well, also when you take that pressure off of it being perfect, mm-hmm. like if your expectation isn't for it to be perfect, then you can step into some mm-hmm. things and be okay with that. Um, yeah. I, when you were talking, I was like, man, I feel like that probably while it like is applicable to art, I think it also probably applies to like so many things. Like how often are we like, man, I would love to be in community, but I took a step and I don't know if it works. So Mm -hmm. like I'm out or I would like to read my Bible, but I read it once and I don't understand. Mm -hmm. So I just, maybe this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so willing, like you said, to take some more steps and, and see how God could use that um, as you're willing to enter in. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Yeah. That imagery. Um, Samantha, I am so like, personally, I am so thankful for what you have done for these projects. Like Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I think I told you the first time you said it, I was like, oh my gosh, they're like, these characters are alive. Uh Like, um, I think you have just done such a good job of not only creating like these really cool characters and making it visually so appealing, but also just the whole collection. We actually just got a sign in the other day and I said Mm -hmm. to you and I was like, oh my gosh, this all looks so well together. And Uh I just appreciate that you 
I mean, like you just said, you don't know everything and none of us actually know mm-hmm. everything, but you are just willing to offer a gift that God has given you and see how it can be used. And I think these books are so beautiful to look at. And I think that is, is definitely because of you. So thank you for what yeah, you have done you. for that. Yeah, I, um, I've really enjoyed just getting to chat with you about how God has worked through you. And it's so evident in so many ways. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for joining us today. We are excited to announce that the second book from the Walking Together collection, The Unexpected Summer, is available now. In The Unexpected Summer, a family processes the death of a loved one and the many questions that come with the weight of grief. Throughout the book, we get to see how different characters respond in their own way to the void they now feel in the midst of something that seems unfair. The Unexpected Summer points to the truth that God is still good even when we don't fully understand why things are happening the way that they are. We believe that the unexpected summer is helpful to families walking through grief, or even families that simply want to talk through what it looks like to be compassionate and care for those who are facing hard things and wrestling with what they believe about God. You can order a copy of the unexpected summer or learn more about the Walking Together collection at portcity.church slash walking together. Thanks for being with us today and we look forward to seeing you soon.